Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 670 of Wrestling Radio Live. No CP today. He he might just be a permanent uh, mountain man now. I don't know if he's ever coming back. And no Ben Askren. He's doing some professional disc golf stuff or something. I, I don't know what... He does. Apparently, he's kind of like a big-time celebrity or something that has better things to do than talk wrestling on the radio. But that's okay, because I am joined by one, John Kozak, to my right, and in the back, Andrew Spencer Spade, drinking a nice yerba mate back there. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, that's right. Get that sweet, sweet sugary caffeine, baby. Yeah, I'm open for uh, sponsorship mm-hmm. offers as well. Yeah. Hint, hint. Yeah, right. Actually, yeah, no free pub. Take I take that back, what, I, what we just said. Oh, I support uh, Guayaki and their uh, delicious yerba mate, <laughs> whether they pay me or not. All right. You guys have a, have a good weekend? Yeah, great mm-hmm. weekend. Um, family time is always a good time. And uh, ready, to, ready to go for Fargo next week. This is going to be my first time in Fargo. So first time. First wow. time. I know I'll be with you guys at the best hotel in That's Fargo. Right. Yeah, you just got to watch out for wolf attacks. Otherwise, it's great. <laughs> yeah, of course. You I had watch- a great weekend. Um, well, I guess me and Tyler actually split winnings. We were both involved. We were watching the fights, a little poker, a little uh, Royal, Royal Rumble, uh, a pool. I don't even know what you call it, but uh, Tyler won that. Took some money off him in poker. Everybody left happy. At least us two did. So Conor McGregor is probably pretty much done, right? At least with like his serious MMA career, he might go do some... Some more big fights, but like he'd probably never competing for the title again, right? Yeah, I don't follow it closely enough, but uh, I think they make a lot of money when he fights. So I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always gonna tune in. He's fun. The fight, his fight was fun to watch, but it's like, you know, he lost his last two, and however many one was last time he seriously fought. It's been a handful of years. I feel like. So it's been a handful of years, but again, I think if they make money, I, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea what the inner workings are like, but I just assume. Yeah, they're that, already talking about him, uh, Dustin Poirier, Connor, round four. Yeah, so. they'll just keep running that out forever. I mean, yeah, I know. mean, 
It makes more money for Poirier than he would fighting anyone else. Yeah, they're going to get my money. I'll watch. Mm -hmm. It's entertaining every time. There really is kind of nothing like a Conor McGregor fight. He's been uh, by far the biggest person of, like, my generation to hear. The older generations talk about, you know, everyone would gather to watch Muhammad Ali, and then it was Tyson, you know, in the late 80s and 90s, and that's, you know, who everyone would tune in. It was a spectacle, and I feel like Conor McGregor has that kind of draw, but... You know, you start making money, maybe you start not really training so hard and you're not as driven. Yeah, it's tough to stay hungry. But, uh, yeah, also Muhammad Ali did a lot more winning than Conor. Um, well, Conor did a lot of winning in the beginning in his rise to fame, but yeah, not but as did, much anymore. Ali Muhammad Ali lost a lot at the end of his career, too. All right, well, yeah, I guess I got to check the history. But, all right, uh, JD's in for the next Conor McGregor show. Uh I'll I'll be there too. Maybe who knows? I will say if I was making millions, millions of dollars, you know what I wouldn't do? Get in a ring with a, another uh, professional trained fighter and get punched in the face. Yeah, and break my ankle and stuff. Ankle. Yeah. Uh, whether I would make a lot of money or not, I'm still not getting in a cage with someone that wants to uh, knock me unconscious or do grievous bodily harm to me. I, I would do it for some amount of money, at least. Hey, everybody's got a price. Nah, that's right. All right, let's uh. We can get into wrestling talk. You know, this is a wrestling show. Um, and some coaching news over the weekend and last night. BJ Futrell was announced as an assistant at Penn. Good for him. I know he's from um, the Philadelphia area, I do believe. So I think Chicago. Or Chicago? Yes. Or he spent time in Pennsylvania. He's been at the PRTC yes. since, I think, the beginning Um I mean, he's he's also been uh, Titan Mercury, so shouts to them. But yeah, he was at he was there in 2018. When we were up there on the Final X road trip. Uh, he was uh, he's been injured a lot in his senior career. He's always been close to that national team up on that ladder. Um, but uh, I, yeah, uh, pretty sure he's Chicago area and uh, University yes. of Illinois. Right, and I know he was also involved <clears throat> with the uh, Beat the Streets program uh, in Philly while he was there too. So please keeps doing. Cool stuff like that. Good pickup for the Quakers. And, you know, Pence, they're kind of building something. They're both with the school and the RTC, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the RTC for sure as you know, what I follow closely. And the momentum that they have as they, you know, brought on McFadden and Mark Hall and Joey McKenna and now uh, Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs, <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's, it just seems like they have a lot of – a lot of good things going there, and so it'll be fun to watch them over the next few years, both their RTC and obviously the school. Absolutely. And then last night it was announced Tristan Moran is headed out to the West Coast. He'll be a volunteer assistant at Cal Poly, joining the Wicks. So. Yeah, speaking of moves, Cal Poly picking up uh, a big three-time All-American and now you got a good volunteer assistant, Tristan Moran, good energy, a uh, uh, good teammate and and uh, leader, and excited to see him do big things out there. Absolutely. Um, following along, still with the name, image, likeness news, Spencer Lee officially fired, filed a trademark for excuses are for wusses. <laughs> so I'm guessing he's going to try and make uh, make some money off some merch. Yeah, we need stuff to, like that. We need to say this phrase as much as we can before he gets the, the trademark. Right? Yeah, you yes. guys all owe him some money. <laughs> not not yet. Just, just filed yet. I, mm. I don't think. 
I don't know what how copyright and all that works, but I'm pretty sure that's true. You I should talk to my legal debt. team. Yeah, you're going to be in debt to Spencer Lee for a while. And um, Iowa style uh, apparel line. I don't know if that came up in uh, previous shows, but um, that's uh, Mark Ironside is yep. uh, uh, that's his company. I don't know exactly. Um, you know if he's the founder, if he's the owner, uh, but I know he's he's basically in charge. I think, uh, but that's keeping it. In Iowa, keeping it with the Hawkeyes and uh, the Hawkeye family, and it's like legend and legend teaming up makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Did you see it? Ironside was uh, doing some racing a while back with our man Andy Hamilton. Went out and joined him on the racetrack. I think I saw that. I don't know anything about racing. Yeah, but... he just like, was like a really big fan of racing. He was like, you know what? I can get out there. I can do this. So, so he's out on the track. <laughs> he went... Uh, Iowa Hawkeye with this car. It was kind of cool. <laughs> was, Hawkeye, An- was Andy racing, too? Andy was not racing. Oh, okay. Good. I think you got to go down in the pits and stuff, though. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And to hang out with that side. So kind of cool. Yeah. More news. Um, the Olympics released their COVID testing protocol, procedure, um, what have you. And at least for me, it's kind of raising some questions. They didn't get into super detail. But here is um, the procedure. Interesting. If an athlete is not able to compete due to COVID-19, the athlete will not be disqualified and will be marked as DNS. The opponent receives a bye into the next round. In case the athlete has reached the final and is no longer able to compete due to COVID-19, the athlete eliminated in the respective semifinal will fill the vacant place and compete in the final. So, that means, you know, insert wrestler X... Team USA makes the final, um, beating Japan, and then is not disqualified but can't compete because they test positive for COVID. The wrestler they beat, Japan, gets to go and compete in the final. What? Yeah. So now what happens to the person that uh, – the wrestler that – earned a spot yeah. in the final. Are they, are, they, are they doing like double silvers? Double silver, yeah. Yeah, or do not get a medal? It, I, it didn't say in this release. I don't imagine they wouldn't be on the medals. It's the whole, I, I get, I definitely think it's a good idea what they're doing in that they are saying we don't want, you know, like a walkover or a closeout because somebody makes a medal round and then we don't have a match because they test COVID from day one to day two. It's that day one to day two uh, time period that they're worried about. Close it out. That the person didn't earn a silver medal. They didn't. You didn't make it to the final. You didn't make mm-hmm. it to the next round. Yeah, that, I don't care. Like you didn't make it. <laughs> You're saying that's suspect to even just advance the guy. Yeah, I but mean, what, it's what, not a. Perf- he didn't test positive for a performance enhancing drug. Yeah, so you. Would if a guy have... misses weight, you know they vacate the spot. There's no like, it's not the next guy up. Right. If he if you got like seriously ill with some other thing, not COVID. If a guy injury defaults. It, mm-hmm. They don't okay. Now you get to go up, but COVID. So you would rather it just be guy right. makes the final, test positive, silver medal, yes, gold. Let the bronze medal match also play out. Right? Like, like we said, they at least better do a double silver because if if I made an Olympic final, then test positive for COVID and I can't compete, and they say nope, you don't get a medal, and the guy you beat gets to wrestle for a medal. Yeah, like. Gosh, I hope we don't don't see this. (laughs) I do feel like the odds of this happening are slim, but there's still a chance. Well, and it's it's stupid too because if if you are caught on that side with a bad draw, so say David Taylor 
Hassan Yazdani, 2018. They met round one. David Taylor makes the semis, you know, beats Karugliev. Hassan Yazdani doesn't get to wrestle back. Yeah. Karugliev just gets to go to the finals, and Yazdani's wrestling for bronze. So it puts so much think, emphasis on think the draw, if, too. But think about if the other semifinalists, like on the, you know, the good semifinalists on the mm-hmm. bottom side or the top side, rather, because that's the weak side, makes it, mm-hmm. and then you're Yazdani in that scenario, and you're like, are you serious? Like this was my draw, and then <laughs> yeah. the good guy from the top side of the bracket is actually out. Yeah, yeah. I, the one thing I, I I do appreciate that they're advancing somebody to get a match is because this is the Olympics, and wrestling only has this uh, very few opportunities to compete on this stage and in this uh, event. And so to have a injury default uh, gold medal match uh, is is a missed opportunity to showcase the sport. Now, I know there's all these other problems that come with it, but at a certain point, just the fact that it's the Olympics may override uh, other concerns is where I could see UWW coming from because they're like, we get one crack at the Olympics, and now we have to push this a year, and this is the most... They're being overly cautious, and I see the the concerns. I just... uh, I do want to give UWW credit, maybe playing devil's advocate here a little bit, that Mm -hmm. at least they're thinking of the bigger picture of... Uh, also, we're not having, we're not just not having matches. We right. need to have something to show for our sport here at the Olympics. Yeah, and I, I think the Olympics, it's such a, a small tournament as opposed to, you know, Worlds, where the match, you know, the matches you're going to get. It's a 16 man bracket. So I think maybe a better solution would be hey, just wrestle it one day. That way you remove, you know, you remove any of the, well, if he tests positive, he competes one day and then tests positive the next day, then he can't, like, you know what yeah. I mean? For, um, for the people that make the finals, there's two matches, the pre-quarters and quarters, and then the semis are going to be on day two. Right. Um, the schedule is weird because of the time difference so that, like, it actually is over three days uh, instead of two, or it's... Um, I don't know. Look, look at the schedule. I forget the the way certain things uh, are broken out. It's like it... it Three days are time because, like, a session will start at night and end in the morning. Yeah, because there's two sessions a day. So, like, if they're in the evening session and then they're not in the morning session the next day and they're evening session the next day, that's actually over three days, not two. Yes. I think that's it. Yeah, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Um, But, yeah, there's not – I say go to round robin, but – because it's not – the limitations for the Olympics, a lot of people are like, oh, you know – uh, they don't want us to have as many medals or weight classes or all that. The limitations is is, uh, is people, like bed spaces. And, like, the Olympic Village can only hold so many people and have, you know, in each sport only get so many spots. Uh, and then you need the gym space. But because they're now down to 16 people per weight class and uh, 18 total weight classes across the three different divisions, you could have, you know, pool play, round robins, guarantee everybody gets at least two matches, that kind of thing, uh, if you want it. But um, I, I see why they do the tournament knockout style. Mm-hmm. Should we actually dive into more Olympic talk? I know that was kind of scheduled for later, but since we're already on the topic. Yeah, I don't think we have to be slaves to the uh, FRL 670 doc. That I'm going to be slaves to anybody. <laughs> Certainly not this document. Yeah, we can call an audible. Yeah. Um, so, Kozak, you've been working on Olympic previews and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, we wanted to – you made some brackets, so we kind of wanted to look at – what those are going to look like with the seeds and maybe some best and even possible worst draws, worst case scenarios for the Americans. Yeah, yeah. So the seeds 
our set for those um, who maybe aren't don't follow it super super close. The top four seeds are set, and these are not by head to head. They were earned at uh, the World Championships. How you finished at that weight, um, and then other various ranking series tournaments throughout uh, the past two years. Uh, so top four seeds are set at every weight. So we can kind of go through, I don't know, each bracket. I don't know what the best way to do this is, but then I thought it would be fun just because there is random draw to um, to create the worst possible draws for our guys just to see like, okay, this is the worst possible. So that yeah, way- Yeah, that's super fun. It is so much fun. No, <laughs> but uh, the fun part is, Hopefully they're not going to be this bad, right? And so then when we do see the draws, like, oh, okay, this is you know, could it could anything be, is better than this? It, it could, could be, be worse. worse. Yeah, yes, prepare worse. for the worst. Uh, this is yeah. exactly it. You get always undersell so you overdeliver. That's yeah. yeah. And then you'd be a hundred percent if you have the worst case scenario in mind when the draws come out, then you're not like, all right, we're getting screwed by these draws left and right. It's like, oh, okay, well at least it's not the draw of death that John Kozak came up with on exactly. FRL six seventy. Exactly. Yeah, and hopefully the Olympic Committee. It, or UWW doesn't use my brackets as the random draw. <laughs> they just take them and they're like, hey, <laughs> yeah, like, this oh, guy already did it. He Sweet. Did the draw. Yeah, because that, that's not what these are intended for. Um, this is purely entertainment. So uh, do, you go, do we want to go through like a wait at a time and then just, you know, go through the uh, the death bracket Yeah. right after we, we put the seeds in there? Yeah, so, start at 57. Yeah, so 57, our, our top seed is uh, Serbian Stevan Micic. Um, he took fifth at 2019 Worlds, and then he wrestled in a whole bunch of the ranking series. Uh, the defending world champion is Zaur Guev from Russia. Uh, three seed is uh, 2019 World Silver medalist Suleiman Atli from Turkey. And then the four seed, Ravi Kumar, uh, World Bronze from India. Um, so uh, we can, I guess we can show the, the bracket of death here and uh, see see what I came up with, and you can talk about maybe where you would have put uh, Gilman. But I put him, I put him drawing uh, Aguev first round. I, I feel like that can that is like the worst possible scenario for for Thomas Gilman. Yeah, I or mean, that means he's probably going to get pulled into the repechage. Ah, that's true. Yeah, there you it's go. actually like if you get Satellite on in your bracket, you know, first round. Hey, I'm gonna I. We'll have a better chance of wrestling for metal, probably. Um, now, I don't know. You know, Aguyev is not as big a favorite as Sadalayev, but I feel like a worst-case scenario for Gilman is a repeat of uh, 2016 when um, uh, uh, Dan yes. Dennis had a horrible matchup with... Dubov. Uh, yes, Dubov, who just gutted him out of the tournament, and then Dubov wasn't, you know, didn't make the finals and, and wasn't favored to make the finals, and it's like, man, you lose to Dubov, who's tough, but... You know, was uh, getting up there in years in 2016, and that was it for him. So, um, you know, Gilman, Guyev is definitely the scariest guy in there. But man, you get like a uh, so man, would you a put Sanayev on, like, or an Atri, um, who, or actually Hartunian is a scary guy. That's a very young Armenian, yeah, uh, who's very good. And you have him ranked. It looks like eighth in the um, Olympic rankings. So of all the the wrestlers that are uh, slated to be in the 57 kg bracket, he's the eighth best, but he's a very dangerous guy. And then if he runs into like Aguyev next, that would be a one and done for Gilman. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and this does a good job of showing like all of the really good guys who aren't ranked. So Takahashi, so you know, if you go by this bracket and Gilman gets by Aguev, and then he could have Takahashi second round, who has two past wins over Gilman in matches that were close on the scoreboard, but Takahashi was kind of in, in control of those. Maybe um, Gilman's do though. But maybe Gilman's do, <laughs> yeah, right. But um, I think that's another thing, like I was saying, is this does a good job of showing Takahashi's not seated, Autry's not seated, Haratunian's not seated, you know, Sanayev isn't. So you have you have some of these really, really quality guys who could medal um, that, you know, Gilman will see first or second round. Yeah, I think we've talked about a 65 uh you know, probably the deepest, but 57 is right up there because you go down and you have quality guys. Uh, uh, John, you got Micic number 12, which, you know, no offense to the people of Serbia or the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club or any other Micic fans out there. Um, this is a guy that, uh, you know, a two-time European medalist, I believe, placed fifth at Euros or at Worlds and then uh, the, the 2020 Individual World Cup. Um, and the number one seed but only 12th in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so if we wanted to, you know, do the inverse of this and look at, okay, where would it, where would a good place for Gilman to be? Obviously, it's up top, and you could, you know, he could get a really great draw, and he could get somebody, you know, like um, the Algerian or the Colombian to, you know, first first round and then and then catch you know, maybe, you know, Erdinabot second round who Gilman has a past win over. Um, So, you know, things could be, things could be a a lot better than, than this. And and hopefully they are. And so there is a scenario where it's not a shocker if Gilman makes the semis or even, even makes the finals. Um, But like I said, we're, we're, we're given worst case first so that, oh, okay. If, if he gets a good, a good draw, we are, are pleasantly surprised. I don't know. I don't, and I think kind of like Spay, seeing Nguyev, I would lean <clears throat> towards maybe having, you know, one of those two, three, four, five guys first and Nguyev on the same side as a worse draw mm-hmm. rather than Nguyev right off the bat. And if Gilman were to wrestle Nguyev at any time, excluding a medal match, I think it would you would want to have it the first match of the day right off of mm-hmm. the scale. Nguyev's uh, not... An insanely big 57, but uh, I don't think it's the easiest form to make. And obviously, Gilman, uh, it's not too much of a problem. And maybe Gilman could, you know, put a pace on him, wear him down a little bit, take him to some deep waters. I think that would be the path to victory against Yigoyev and wrestling him right off the scale. First match does it instead of uh, one match, Yigoyev a warm-up, another couple hours under his belt, and then wrestling Gilman. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think I uh, was kind of learning as I was going along here. So you'll see that strategy play out in later later brackets where I didn't give uh I didn't give the American like the the toughest match right off the bat. Um so I think I learned my lesson with 57. And the other thing to just to keep in mind what I was saying about the depth. I mean, there are so few easy outs. You mentioned Algeria. Um you know, maybe we're sleeping on uh, Diamantino Ayunafafe of Guiana Basu, but 
between uh, Colombia. I would never. No, never. No, don't sleep on West Africa. Uh, Colombia, Guyana-Bissau, and Algeria. But then number 13 on your, uh, which is a, it's a great piece of content, the Olympic qualifier um, men's freestyle rankings. But then number 13, Mingu Liu of China, I think has wins over, or at least one over Dayton Fix. Dayton Fix from the Alcone. Yeah, um, and it's just like a tough, tough, um, you know, pure 57. He's a very small guy, but very strong. Um, it might be fresh. If you see him early, I mean, that's like, you know, you got you got three guys that were, you know, no offense to him, but were saying are your your best bets for a win. And then 13 is, is tough. So a uh, lot of landmines here. And then, of course, Gilman's tough too, world silver medalist, and we know what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 57. Um, we can skip skip 65 and maybe go straight to 74. You don't want to talk about 65? It's a fascinating weight class. Maybe, maybe we can end, end with that. Oh, with a closer? Okay. Yeah, a closer. Mm, just Team USA. Yeah, just because no Team USA. Um, unless we want to hit it right now. I don't know. But uh, you, drive, you drive this bus. All right, I'm driving the bus. Um, I actually did try to get my uh, bus license one time, and I failed the test so, uh, what so, dude wow. you didn't have to say that yeah yeah i would I have never known no one <laughs> i know no one wants to know what other uh you know driving tests you may have failed commercials driver's license could you uh ever get behind the wheel of an 18 uh wheeler no mm-mm. no no not yet okay so we'll see but anyway 74 kilograms <laughs> <laughs> uh frank chimizo number one seed um as he was also or no he, was he that 2019 world's he was at least opposite of Burroughs and Sitikoff. Um So he, he's talked about in the past where he's really valued um, the, the seeding. And well, yeah, because remember what tournament was it? Pelicone, um, where he wrestled and then forfeited out of the mm-hmm. final against JB because he had the top spot locked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he he kind of values that, that seed, and he's not going <clears> to <throat> do anything to mess that up. So he got the top seed. Uh Number two seed, Sitikoff, um, two-time defending world champ. Three seed is Kasanov from uh, Kazakhstan, who world bronze, and he got the world bronze from um, Kajiev from France. Uh, he lost in the bronze medal match at 2019 Worlds, and Kajiev tested positive for an illegal substance, and so Kasanov was moved up to bronze. Um, and then Hosin Kani from Iran is the the four seeds so um those are our seeds and then if we want to show my uh my bracket of of death here so i did a little bit of the the strategy jd that you were talking about is Mm -hmm. don't give don't give the american the best guy right off the bat give him somebody tough and so uh i gave him kenchadze who was past world medalist um who's who's really good um i think does he have a win over Chimizo, maybe? Uh, I'm not sure. I should check my own preview for that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can – so – Let's uh, ask the expert. Uh, Kozak, does he? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I got to check, yeah, check the preview. Um, so if he gets by Kinshadze, um, who I have Kinshadze ranked, I think, number four uh, in our Olympian rankings, and uh, those are all based on head-to-head matches with the rest of the Olympic field. So he gets by Kinshadze, um, then he would have Sitikoff – uh, second match, and I gave Sitikoff, um, um Madonna, who is, I think it's his like third or fourth Olympics. 
He's um, definitely made three. Yeah, and I think he's like 37 years old. Yeah, he's another uh, dude from Guiana Basu, like his uh, uh, teammate Fafe. Uh, but uh, he he wrestled Burroughs twice, uh, at, once at the Olympics and once in Worlds, and just gave Burroughs fits. Um, it, it wasn't like Burroughs was ever uh, in danger of losing, but I believe he may have injured his knee in 2014 mm-hmm. against him when he lost to Sargouche. Yeah. And just had a just you know it's just a tough tough out, um, so that goes yeah. to show you you know seventy four, you don't think of it as having the same depth as elsewhere, but you know Madonna he's still out there man. Yeah, and actually um, I should have should have got the clip. Uh, Sitikov and Madonna did just wrestle at the Sasari, and uh, Sitikov cradled him up and uh, pinned him. I think it was like eight eight zero. So um, that's why I chose him there first first round. So he's real tough, but if you cradle him up and pin him, <laughs> you cradle. Then, then you can take care That's of him. That's one way you can beat him. One of his weaknesses is getting pinned in a cradle. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, also on that side, you have um, Kaji Magomedev, who has a win over Sitikov from, I think, 2017 Russian Nationals. Um, and then also, uh, who else do I got up there? Bexad. And Kasanov. So, you know, if Dake were to get by Kinchadze, get by Sitikov, then he meets uh, Kaji. And then, you know, in the finals, I kind of put uh, Chimizo up there all by himself um, with, you know, some sol- solid guys. I don't know if there's anybody up top that maybe you would, you would think you'd want to see on the bottom side. Or I don't know. What do you guys think about this bracket of death? I think Dake makes it the deathly side of the bracket. Yeah. Yes. I think other people are trying not to have Dake drawn onto their side. Dude, shut up. You pick Sitikov. <laughs> yeah. I, first of all, I mean, that, that is to inspire Dake. And if Dake wins, then it is because of... Um, you reverse psychological. Yeah, because he wanted to prove me wrong and humiliate me for my pick, which I will appreciate. Wow, um, you're really uh, taking that bullet for Team USA. I'll do it. I'll sacrifice myself and my reputation by uh, picking against this great American. But uh, look, I, I agree that Dake is the number two guy. I mean, how can you not say that? He beat Chimizo. Yes, he was a 79, but they both made 79, and Dake could have made 74. It was a weird time with the uh, pandemic. But I think Dake is clearly uh, number one or number two. I think it's very close. You could make Dake the favorite in the in the bracket if you were Vegas, if you wanted I think Sitikov's a slight favorite, and I went with Sitikov. Um, but I think if you look at, you know, the guy, the best guy not to get a seed, it's clearly Dake. I think, you, I mean, I definitely favored Dake over Kinchadze. Uh, other guys that didn't get a seed, I mean, Kaisanov, as you mentioned, Kozak, uh, I don't want to use the word fraudulent, but look, he didn't actually, you know, stand on the podium for his bronze medal match. Uh, Kajiev of France cheated, so he doesn't... Um, you know, he forfeits that medal and Kaisanov gets it. But at the same time, um, you know, it, is he a top five guy? I mean, I guess so. But, I, you know, you don't worry. I don't think of drawing Kaisanov or Hosin Kani of Iran, who, you know, Iran's been looking for a 74 replacement since uh, Burroughs retired Gudarzi. So, you know, uh, it's not you don't worry about anyone else besides Sitikov and Chimizo, but those are the guys that, you know... <laughs> you do need to at least game plan about, and then everybody else, you know. They, they, the guy that I don't want to see for Dake is uh, Gajimurad Gajiev from Azerbaijan. Just because he's so young, I want to tire him out. I don't want to get him early. 
Uh, he was in he was junior eligible, we assume, uh, in 2019. Uh, so, you know, no reason to. Um, That's the guy that uh, that Dake rock bottomed. Oh, did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get him again, maybe, but you know, you give him uh, a couple years since then, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Belarusian former Dagestani that you mentioned, Kadi Magomedov, um, he's fairly young, I believe. But those two guys, I would think, would be mm-hmm. besides Sitikov and Chimizo, the number two, the number, the next two guys on my list of of uh, people in this field that uh, may give Dig a hard time. But otherwise, I mean, it's like, yeah, everybody else in this field is like, Dig, please do not get on my side of the bracket. Yeah. We will be fine with either Sitikov or Chimizo having to contend with them. Yeah, so I, I went back and checked my um, my preview, and Kenchadze doesn't have a win over Chimizo. Um, he lost to Sitikov two to two in the uh, 2018 World Finals, and then he has a loss to Chimizo four to four and nine to four in the past. So, but still, still respectable. Yeah, I mean Georgians are going to be are they're going to have somebody good. Yeah, yeah. All right, 86, 86 kilograms. I'm driving the bus. Uh, Hassan Yazdani, the, the number one seed, uh, 2019 world champ, 2017 world champ, 2016 Olympic gold medalist. The greatest. Um, yeah, that's what some people call him. Uh, <laughs> the second greatest, Deepak Punya from India. He <laughs> is forfeited a- to Yazdani <laughs> in 2018. Yeah. Terrible. In the final. In the, in the world Didn't finals. have COVID at the time either. Yeah. No excuse. I respect any Olympic wrestling athlete that looks like that has his body frame. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. between, between Madonna being in his late 30s and Deepak Punia having a one-pack. Madonna being a female um, pop star and going to this many Olympics in wrestling is phenomenal. Yeah. Having a name like a, a world-famous uh Pop star. <laughs> yeah. Very commendable. Yeah. So Deepak Punya, two seed. Um, uh, Miles yeah. Amin, the three seed. And then Artur Nifanov uh, from Russia, the, the four. So um, Nifanov was, was world bronze. Uh, both uh, Yazdani and Taylor have um, pinned him in the past after Nifanov uh, has taken them down and scored um, – Scored a couple points on him. So it's kind of interesting to look at that that matchup there. That was a Uregan a couple years ago, right? Where... 2018 Uregan. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Nifanov real young then. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, um, we do like to pick on Deepak, but he's pretty young too. He just won, what did he win, juniors in like 2018? Um, so he's a, I think he's a junior world champ, and he might even be a cadet world champ also. Um, yeah, 2019 junior world champ. Yeah, yeah, so he's... So, so yeah, we we like to give him a hard time, but but you know maybe he'll maybe mm. he'll surprise us. That was um, the year uh, Trent Hidley took third. He's in the UWW database as Trend Hidley. <laughs> was it the same weight class? Yeah. Wow. Trendsetter Trend Hidley. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. Never would I pick Deepak Punya to beat Trent Hidley, but yeah, to win a bracket that Trent's yeah, in. Yeah, but. That's wrestling, right? Um, so it's uh, baseball, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can show our uh, our bracket of death here. Um, so I, I did a little bit of a different strategy with this one, um, is I didn't give David Taylor 
um, against Donnie in the first or even in the, the second match. I gave him in the, the third match. Um, and so I, you can agree or, or disagree with me there. But I gave him a Shabanov uh, first round from Belarus, who has a win over Yazdani. That was way back in like 2015 or 2016. And then I gave him Nefanov uh, second round so that he would have to get by those two guys first. And then I gave Yazdani kind of like two um, patty cake matches that he could just kind of walk through so that uh, he's nice and fresh in the semis after Taylor has maybe had two harder matches. So that was my, my strategy with 86. I I concur. Uh, this is how I would have done it as well. And then thinking, just looking at this and then thinking about who would come out to face them on the bottom side is not making me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So 86 in my mind should be an extremely deep weight class just for the nature of how uh, – you know, Humans uh, are built. World-class athletes and Olympic-level athletes, yeah, what size those people would be. Um, you know, 189, you can cut down, so around 200 or so. Uh, in the wrestling world, I guess people skew a little bit smaller. Um, but as far as depth goes, there's countries here that you just don't expect, and some of it was that 2019 uh, World Championship bracket was really weird, and so a very uneven bracket. So, um, you know, you have uh, Switzerland – qualifying where you wouldn't normally expect a Swiss person. I don't think that they've ever had Olympic wrestler, at least in in modern history. Um, but then Stefan Reichmuth, and I think you have him uh, ranked properly here, number 12th, ahead of Colombia, Peru, uh, Nigeria, and Algeria. Um, like, none of those are just strong wrestling nations. Uh, Colombia can produce, you know, some tough guys. But, you know, then you have Makoev, Takatani, just not – Guys that strike fear, certainly not um, into a wrestler of the caliber of David Taylor. And the rest of the guys on here have losses. Miles Amin, I think you favor David Taylor over Miles Amin. You know, no offense to Amin. I think four is good. I think, you know, people might overlook Miles Amin. He's certainly capable of meddling. Um, but, you know, he has that win over Shabanov. And then it goes Deepak Punia, who we just talked about. Uh, Shapiev. Uh, Nate Jackson has a win over him, number seven. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, David Taylor, he has to match up. Maybe I would say hitting Nifanov first would be worse than going uh, Shabanov, then Nifanov. But, you know, those two guys and then having um, Hassan Yazdani next, uh, third, I think is definitely the toughest. Yeah. The toughest possibility for him, but it's more likely that David Taylor gets somebody that he has a much easier time with first or second mm-hmm. than than that he draws this uh, perfectly crafted racket of death. Yeah, and and a guy to watch um, that you you did mention Shapiev. He he has been on a run um, as of late. I think he um, just won. He just won. I think the Aliyev and. Um, he beat a, a couple of tough Russians, uh, Valiev, who is a past world medalist, um, and, and maybe somebody else that had just won, uh, Uregan. But he's he's been on a, uh, a run to where he's moved up in the international rankings, but because of, like, he hasn't hit the head-to-heads um, for our Olympian rankings. So he's, like, he's ranked ahead of everybody um, but Taylor Nefanov and Yazdani. In mm-hmm. the uh, in the international rankings, but then he's ranked behind in the uh, the Olympian rankings because they haven't met head to head. But you know, if you look at you know, Taylor could get 
just a dream draw if he's down, you know, on on the bottom with no, you know, no disrespect to to Miles he and He deserves Mean. it after his drawn 2018. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. That was a gnarly brag, and that's what gives you, uh, you know, confidence in David. It's a couple mm-hmm. years later for sure, and and these guys are not, um, you know, pushovers. Makoev is not, you know, he earned a medal, mm-hmm. whether you know you think that's a fluke match against Jaden or not. Takatani is a medalist. Zushin Lin from China is solid, you know, a solid dude. Just, just beat Takatani, yeah, yeah. But you know, you just, you just, I don't know. You, you can't doubt David Taylor. I mean, you could bring up all the reasons why, but. It's still like it doesn't seem in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. He got to death draw in 2018, and he yeah. won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he looked awesome. It was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, he got knocked out in a way on his yeah. death draw. He's like, it literally was a death draw. He pulled a chumbawamba. <laughs> yeah, he got knocked down, got back up again. That's right, and won. Did the dang thing, America. That's right. That's right. So he is the bad draw, just like Dick. So Olympic committee that's in charge of random draw if you want to use this bracket go ahead we give you the well <laughs> or don't yeah you don't have to <laughs> I mean, we yeah. still have supreme confidence in our guy either way that's but right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah feel free to to put him you know against um pool ambrosio of peru first that's fine too yeah we're cool with that we're cool no offense peru <laughs> no offense pool um all right <laughs> 97 kilograms stop now sorry 97 kilograms uh this is the only weight in men's freestyle where uh our athlete has earned a seed and that is of course uh, captain america kyle snyder he he's earned the the number two seed and he is opposite uh sajulayev as as the one seed and then you have you have two guys who uh they they play so nurov Took bronze in 2019, and he he beat your Gali, uh, who took fifth. And so, both of those guys were not seated going into Poland, and they both wrestled there, and they got enough seating points to um, go over uh, Sharif Sharifov, who was uh, the number three seed. So now Sharifov is unseated, uh, and then. Also, kind of looming out there is Mohammedan. So uh, that gives you a little uh, preview of what I did with the the bracket of death for uh, for Kyle Snyder. So we can show that I gave um, Snyder <clears throat> right off the bat. Um, I gave him uh, Mohammedan, mm-hmm. and I think a guy like um, as I've, I've as I've watched him more um, over the last couple months, Mohammedian, he seems to want to put it on you really quick. He wants to score um, and get ahead and make you attack him, and that's what happened in Kyle's first match against him. If you go back and watch it, um, I've done it a couple times, and how um, Snyder. Uh, got behind there was he he really over pursued and he was really really um, on the attack and Mohammedian was just able to counter and able to capitalize off of Snyder's attacks and over pursuit and that's how Snyder got into trouble and so I think getting Mohammedian fresh is is a problem um, and if you can if you can keep the score close if you can really hand fight with them and make it a close match into the second period, I think he's, he slows down a lot. The dude's stamina is definitely not his strong suit. Right. 
that's yeah that's a, a much simpler way to put it yeah this is a really interesting field to me because it's got so much uh experience would be the kind way to put it but mm-hmm. you go down and there's Saritov and Ibrahimov, uh two russians uh I believe Ossetian and, and Dagestani, but wrestling for Romania and Uzbekistan, who were on the medal stand with Kyle and um, Goizumov, who is mm-hmm. the only one that retired, but he would probably make this field if he did not yes. retire. Yes. Um, and, you know, just a lot of veterans. Otakadze Sharifov is a, is a 2012 Olympic champ. Yeah. And, uh, and this was brought up, I think CP tweeted it, three Olympic gold medalists in one bracket. Um, that means you have some veterans. But Kyle is still one of the young guys here. Mohamedian is mm-hmm. probably the next youngest Satellayev, I guess. Yeah. Um, Kara Dennis, that, those are the, that's the youngest group up there. Uh, and then Odakadze, uh, Kunyeda's not too old, but uh, veterans all the way down. Right, yeah. And that um, Kara Dennis, he is, he is younger um, and did, he took over, took over the spot um, within just the last year. And uh, he has two wins over Otakazi this year, um, so he's he's a guy who could who could make some noise um, and and is worth worth watching just to see how he does against these the veterans in this field. Um, but you know to kind of prove your point, um, Spay, as I was putting this list together and you know going back and looking at all the times these guys have wrestled, this field has wrestled each other more than any other Olympic field in men's freestyle. Um, you know, Sajalayev has like 25 matches uh, <laughs> against all these guys. He's wrestled uh, Houston of Belarus like many yeah, times. Every every tournament, every Euros they're in, they wrestle each other. I think it's like five or six times mm-hmm. they've wrestled um, within the last. And, and, and uh, Sajalayev's only been at this weight, whatever, two years. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, yeah, bouncing up and down. Um, UWW just posted the um, Sajalayev... Uh, what is it? Two one win over Sharifov Sharif when yeah. they were both at ninety two. Um, Sharifov's an enigma because he went to that one tournament, uh, lost a weird Deglane. Deglane, yeah, yep. that was a, a supposed to be around Robbins. He's supposed to see Snyder again, mm-hmm. loses, and then you know defaults out. Yep, and it's like what kind of Sharifov are we going to see? He does turn it on in in big tournaments, but mm-hmm. how much uh, tread left on the tires? I mean, he. Him, you know, he he definitely looks better than some of the other guys. But Saritov and Ibrahimov, I thought, looked old in 2016. Now this is five years later. Yeah. How much they got left in the tank, I had, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so Sharifov, and then he just lost at the Poland Open, or Zukowski, to uh, Kanyedo first round. Uh, but then two weeks later, he went to uh, the Dogu, and he won that tournament, and he beat um, – in. In the process, he beat the guy that he lost to at the at the Deglane. Um, so maybe he's he's getting back to form for and back up. Yeah, he did one more go. What a weirdo! Why not just beat everybody like Satellayev, except yeah. for the one or two guys or whatever? Why lose to people that you uh, are clearly better than Sharif? Is my question to you? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, effort. Not. Why give effort? <laughs> That's why. And then and then give yourself the a, a non seed a not not get enough points mm-hmm. to be ranked and let no offense Yergali and Nurov get seeds ahead of you those guys should not be seated mm-hmm. ahead of a guy like Sharifov yeah but and- I don't I don't hate the system system is very clear in plain language you could figure it out like mm-hmm. you know what you needed to do to get a seed Sharifov just didn't do it yeah and 
and not you know not to give those guys you know, too hard of a time. Yeah, uh, give them a hard time. But they don't have wins over anybody else in the field than like each other. Yergali and Nurov, and Nurov I think is one in thirteen. Um, what a 13, against, right there. Against yeah. the field. That's so. not us being mean. That's you guys losing to everybody else in the field. <laughs> yeah. That's your fault, Nurov. Nurov. Respectfully. Yeah. yeah. Respectfully, Nurov. Don't, you know, punch us next time you see us, but mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got Salas hanging out there, too, um, who, <laughs> who he's got to win over Muhammad Speaking of punching people next time you see him, <laughs> he's taking a few swings slaps. in some uh, yeah. matches before you open-handed. Open-hand. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, that's 97. Hopefully, uh, the, the easier draw would be Mohamedian and Sharifov on that top side with, uh, with Sajulayev. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Um, the last men's freestyle match could be Snyder Sajulayev. Is that the last day? The last day. And then they're going to end with uh, 50 kilos uh, women's. Wow. Uh, but before that will be the 97 final. We're going to be so tired. That we're gonna be pretty match. wiped out by then. If, yeah. If uh, if Snyder beats Sajulayev, we're just gonna be. I'm bringing some champagne. Yeah. <laughs> just we'll probably enjoy it whether he wins or not. What are the odds just for the hypothetical team title once again? Probably pretty low. Probably pretty low. Seeing as how we're down, whatever what percent of one sixth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mon- that many. Yeah. 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 All right, one twenty five. One twenty five. I'm going to go there. All right, Gable's, Gable's weight. Uh, we have Gino Petrofili up top. He's the three-time uh, defending world champion. And then, um, so he's got the one. Vetimir uh, Zayev from Kazakhstan has the, uh, the two seed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Another one of those where it's like, come on. Yes, I agree. Kazakhstan. I agree. Um, Yusup. Akul. Has won the, uh, he won the three before Gino. So he won 14, 15, 16, and then. Didn't he just win uh, 2020? Um, the World Cup? Yeah, he's got a, or um, he beat him at Euros or something? Yeah, he beat him at Euros. He always wins okay. at, yeah, he always wins Euros. You're right. He wasn't at 2020, but he was at <clears throat> uh, Euros and uh, Geno didn't even make the finals. Yeah, they met first round. And, um, aha. Akul won, I think it was like six six to one or something like that. And then uh Coach Janovitsky is is that how you say it, Spay? I know you like to say this this last Oh, the one. Ukrainian Hosyanivsky? There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I I'm not as totally positive that that's it, but it sounds yeah. right. it sounds right. Um I roll with it. Hosyanivsky. Yeah, right. yeah. So he's he's a solid guy that's like I don't think he's ever been like a final even, but he's always there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's he's solid. Um, he's, I think he beat um, Petrishvili in the past or Akul. He beat one of those two guys. Um, From what I understand, he is the original outstanding Ukrainian. That's what the tournament's named after. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> outstanding Ukrainian international is named after Alexander Hotsyanivsky. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, those are your your top four. Um, he he. Let's see. He beat um, Petrushvili at the 2018 Outstanding Ukrainian. So I think that's when they they named it after him. That's when they said you are now the Outstanding Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah. Here's your prize. So here's my question to you. Maybe before we before we show the bracket of death, would you um, what who do you think is the worst matchup for Gable, or does it not matter, uh, Akul or Petrushvili? I mean, I feel like 
Well, they're both huge. Um, it all just depends on who's wrestling better that day. I, I, it's almost like a, a flip of a coin. I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say get uh, Gano first and then Taha. But, you would rather him have Petrus Fili first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Um, I know ah, brilliant minds. Yep. I know Mike um, Mike Mal. He he thinks that um, Petrus Fili is a is a tougher matchup um, than Akul. Um and I think he he was saying just because of his variety of attacks and how athletic he is and how long. It's a little um, more limber, yeah. He's yeah. Got just mm-hmm. crazy wingspan. But yeah, I guess so. My my well, thought. He also though, shoots more though. That's yeah. Which plays right into Gable's. That's offense. exactly my thought. Yeah. Yeah, he he is a fearless shooter. Him and Gwiz both shoot a ton for international heavies. Uh, but yeah, you shoot on Gable, he's gonna score more often than not. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so we can show the the bracket of death that I I created here. Um, I gave him I gave him Zari first round. Um, I think he's looked great recently. Yes. Yeah. Just cautioned out Gwiz um, at Poland Open, right? And uh, he just, he he looks he looks like the real deal. He's young. Uh, he was a cadet just in 2018, I think, is when he won Cadet World. He's like same age as Gable, right? Yeah, uh, probably real close, right? Um, so I th- I feel like he's like the next. The next in line after Akul Petrosvili, um, and he would be a really tough match first round um, before before Akul. And then um, I put uh, Kozirev. Um, That's your guy. You love I him. I like I like Kozirev. Yeah, um, you picking him to beat Dang. Yeah, yeah. I think he. <laughs> this is Kozak picking Kozirev. Of course, he's gonna be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. picking him to beat Dang. Dang has been around, man. He's been around forever. Dang it, dang it, yeah. Um, and then he, he, that um, the Belarusian uh, Kremenkow. I don't know if I said that right, but sounds right. Yeah, he's he's really tough. He had a, um, I think he had a twelve to nine match with Petrosvili at Euros. Um, he's coming up from ninety seven kilograms. He's he's a little bit um, younger as well. But he's he's really good. Um, he beat uh, Russia's kind of their other option in order to qualify um, at the Euro qualifier. Uh, Shripov, um, who's another young young heavyweight guy. So I think I think Zare and then Akul and then winner of Kozirev uh, and the Belarusian. I think is is the toughest road for Gable to the finals, where he'll he'll probably meet. Petrosvili. Giannis Kramiankov. Yeah. From Belarus. <laughs> uh I think yeah. That looks like the, the death march, the the death draw. But again, it's like, you know, I got some I got I got high hopes for Gable. He's my pick. Yeah. For for gold. Um just because it's like, you know, certain people have their time having the, you know, delayed a year. Uh Worked great for Gable, giving himself another year to to develop uh, and and work on. You know, I mean, some of his just maturity that was going to happen, whether he was working or not. But he seems pretty focused. It's like you know he's got a plan, um, and uh, you know he wants to prove himself. hasn't won 
hasn't won the big one yet, hasn't won the Olympics, and he knows what winning the Olympics can do. But we'll see. It's it's pretty tough up top there. It's pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm interested. I really want to see Gable against Zare. Um, I mean, I want to see him. I want to see him destroy him, right? Uh, <laughs> but I think you know people have. I, I've I've you know read different responses to rankings and like, oh, Gable's the. You think Gable's the seventh best guy in this bracket or whatever? The the rankings. Um, or, you know, Gable should be ranked, whatever, top three. And it's like, it's similar to the conversation that you guys often have with Ben where with like a freshman coming in who doesn't have any matches against anybody. And so like, yeah. that's where Gable's at. Like, rankings yeah. are based on data and results. Yes. Yeah, sorry, predictions. Ben. Yeah. And, he's, and we can we say this because he's out there throwing discs and, and having his pro-am and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So while you're in Wisconsin throwing Frisbees around in the woods, we're here telling you that you need to stop it with that nonsense and realize that we're ranking according to an oath, according to results that happened and not wishful thinking or what we assume will happen. It's based off data. That's right. Ben. Ben. <laughs> yeah. So those are those are our brackets of death. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about 65 at all. Or... I don't not want to talk about 65. All right. We can talk about 65 real quick. Um, I didn't make a bracket of death. Um but uh, it's uh, it's still a really good weight. I feel like there's everything's a bracket of death. At, at sixty five, yeah, yeah, sixty five is is really good, um, top to bottom. There's you know maybe four guys, five guys who if they medaled, you'd be like, oh, that was you know very very surprising. But you got Rashidov, who's defending world champion, up at number one. You got Bajrang. Rashidov, who's gonna lose in the semifinal, most likely. To Musakayev. <laughs> yeah. You love Musakayev. That's right. There, there's a lot to love. Who amongst us does not love Musakayev? Yeah. I, I've i never met anybody. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Musakayev with the four. Uh, he won World Bronze 2019. Uh, and then Nyas Bekov from Kazakhstan is the three. Didn't he just wrestle terribly, Nyas Bekov? <laughs> um, uh, maybe. Um, Wait. He took seventh at the Aliyev. At the Aliyev? Yeah. Okay. Did he wrestle Pentelia with... Oh, here's what happened. So he lost to Bajrang at the Aliyev, like nine to nothing. Mm. And then Bajrang got lost. Hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. So he was out. But yeah, you're right um, also that he lost to Pantelio twice, um, which I think is not like... I don't think there's a lot of shame in that. But No, especially it was at 70. Right. Obviously. Right. Um, so that might... You know, uh, work in Nia's back on his favor when he's back down at 65. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, those guys are right around there too. Valdez is super tough from Cuba. Uh, Haji Aliyev is is a is a legend. Uh, and then Gajiev and Musakayev, that top ten is is gnarly. Yeah, yeah. And I know we were talking about this the other day. Nomad, Nomad put that tweet out there where he thinks Aliyev is the only guy who can. Uh, oh yeah, can classic beat. Nomad take. <laughs> The only the only one that has a chance, or how did he worded it? Where it was like no one else is even uh, worthy of discussion or something. With, yeah, with Rashidov. Yeah, which you know, there's maybe there is a uh, a case to be made for that, but um, you know, Odaguros, he is to think that he won't be in a match with with Rashidov. You know, right. Um, and then even Bajrang or Musakayev. As I like my guy Tavanian for Armenia. I feel like he is the same as Gable. This extra year helped him. He's super young. And then he has been beating everybody mm-hmm. recently. 
look, Rashidov is still a slight favorite, but if it's like, you know, these lightweights, they're young guys' uh, weight classes. They're for the younger guys to come in and take over. It's a constant cycle of new dudes. I think uh, this might be Tavanian's time. Yeah. And and he was super impressive at the World Cup. In he looked amazing. He, he won the weight class. He beat Musakayev in the finals, and that was after Musakayev beat um, Aliyev to, to make the finals. Um, so, yeah, if there's, if there's a guy um, that is unproven and you want to see and um, is going to be drawn in and, and watch, it's, it's, it's Tavanyan from Armenia. He's, he looks to be the real deal. Yeah, and then in the qualifying uh, tournament, um, I believe it was the European one, which is probably the you know mm-hmm. equal of of um, toughness to the 2020 individual world championship. You don't have Russia in there, but Haji Aliyev had to be there to qualify. Kilik Salian of Turkey was kept out. Kinchikashvili is basically retired after that. Gajiev couldn't make it; had to go to the world uh, qualifier. Um, you know, it's a tough. Tough bracket, and he uh, walked through it, but he beat everybody. Do you have that in front of you? Did he beat Aliyev there? Uh, he took first. Okay. Um, I think they wrestled that match. I don't think Aliyev did the walkover. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think you're right. I think he did beat Aliyev there. Um, I can uh, I could find out really quickly, but yeah, it's just a it's just a fun weight class. Yeah, it's probably unfortunately it sucks also because there's no American to root for. But the good news is it's like you don't have to when when 65 is coming up, you can look forward to every match because there's not mm-hmm. there's no nerves. You shouldn't be nervous about oh you know when's who's coming up, who do who's the American have next, who does you know it would be Oliver, who'd he be wrestling? You can just kind of tune in and be like I'll just you know root for whoever. Yeah, and just enjoy good wrestling. Um, a little surprised now thinking about it. Uh, Mongolia doesn't have much of a medal, like best chance of a medal anywhere. I guess Erdenabad at 57. Um, but Tumir Ocher, or Ocher mm-hmm. I don't think he's got much of a chance. I think uh, Ernazar Akhmedaliyev of Kyrgyzstan has got a better shot. Yes. Than uh, Mongolian. He... I don't think any of the... Yeah, Akhmedaliyev is really fun to watch, too. He's the guy that pinned... Um, Beck Bulatov mm-hmm. at the uh, Asian qualifier. Um, but, yeah, that's a good point that with Mongolia, usually you see them bring home a, med- a medal or two, and I think they only have three qualified men's freestyle. Um, their, their heavyweight um, is also qualified, mm. which don't don't really see him doing anything. Yeah, no, I don't either, that heavyweight. Um, I want to completely write him off, but let's go ahead and say he's got no chance. All right, all right. All right, so that's that's the brackets of death talk. Yeah, Olympic talk. Brackets of death. Oh yeah, it was nine nothing. Uh, Tavanian over Aliyev. Nine nothing. Just getting that in there. Yeah, they wrestled it. You know, Aliyev may not have been given a hundred percent because they both already qualified at that point, but they wrestled. Right. Okay. Cool. Where are we going next? I I drove that bus. Okay. You drove it. Drove next it. bus. Um, a discussion kind of started over the weekend. It's an interesting topic. UNC um, assistant coach Tony Ramos tweeted out, might be an unpopular opinion, but in time, if the ACC had all their schools add wrestling, they would pass the Big Ten for best conference. Clearly, the fans at home did not agree (laughs) as 82% said no. 
voted no on Have that you poll. accounted for the potential margin of error of the polling data? No, no, I did not. They're usually plus 2 or 3%, plus minus. Okay, so <laughs> 79% said no. <laughs> um, but it's still an interesting topic and a fun one to kind of debate um, and maybe kind of dive into the data and see what we think. What do you think? Spain? I think we should dive into it. Well, do you think that within time the ACC could? Oh, you want the my my take on, on uh, Tony's uh, take? Yeah. Uh, I think, look, it, you have to make a lot of assumptions. Is it possible? I mean, first of all, it's you need all these D1 Power 5 conference schools to start wrestling programs, and I would not hold my breath for one of those one of those big established universities from doing it. Unfortunately, you know, not many D1 schools are looking to add more costs to their to their bottom line. Uh, and that's what a wrestling program would be at a school in the ACC that doesn't already have wrestling. Um, and that goes for, you know, I'm not trying to say just the ACC, but just about any um, team. I, there's some Pac-12 teams that I think make the most sense. There's some Big 12 teams that I think make a lot of sense. But the fact that a school like uh, there's no D1 schools in Texas, even though Texas has tons of high school wrestlers, and the University of Texas has an endowment of a, the $20 billion or whatever it is. And they basically said, unless you raise like $100 million, we're not starting a team. So those are the kind of conversations that the admins of these big schools are having with donors that want wrestling teams. And it's basically you know doing everything possible not to start these teams. So that's like the biggest roadblock to the ACC you know, overtaking the Big Ten in time is the fact that I would love the ACC to have a full complement of programs, but... You know, Notre Dame is a perfect example of a school that is in the ACC for non-football uh, um, sports, and and occasionally football, and occasionally, yeah, if it if it's in their benefit or whatever. But I mean, they dropped their program, and it was like everybody in the wrestling world. I don't know how many people remember that, but that was a big deal. They had a donor it was endowed, and the school just said, "No, we'd rather have that money for football uh, and maybe basketball because that's all they care about." And that's mm-hmm. that's the state of the NCAA. And, you know, it's it's uh, wrestling-rich uh, northern Indiana. Uh, it's a school that, you know, could have wrestling if they wanted to. They can certainly afford it, um, but they don't. So, but if they all have teams, then and, then and then they all, you know, invest in top-tier wrestling, for sure. The ACC would be right up there. The institutions at the ACC are just a bigger draw for talent, you know, their campuses, uh, the just the overall uh, probably better locations, <laughs> warmer weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, you can't deny that. Um, you know, your winters the East Coast too. in in Atlanta or you know North Carolina are not uh, a little bit more um, hospitable than Michigan and Ohio. It it would obviously take a lot of time though. Like this isn't a. I don't even think. A ten-year thing. If no, this is not in our lifetime type of thing. Yes. So the so I I did think <laughs> how, it was. How long do you plan on living? Uh, well, we'll no, see. There's there's uh you know I, I can get on the the Kyle Dick. Well, <laughs> I think it could be an in our lifetime type of thing if maybe your lifetime, young person. <laughs> That's right. Um, with modern technology, who knows how long I'll live? You're. I'm going to digitize You're basically my, already six feet under. Spade. Basically, yeah, I got one foot in. But once they digitize my consciousness and upload me to the uh, virtual cloud, yeah. <laughs> all, all schools um, 
get wrestling and get buy-in. This is obviously a completely hypothetical situation. This will never happen in our lifetimes. Um, so I think our DCC is um, 15 teams, I believe, uh, total. So you get those. That would give them one more school than the Big Ten. You get buy-in from all the administration. So they're not just left hanging or whatever. Um, and then good coaching and Kale and Tom Ryan or not Tom, well, Tom Ryan too. Tom Ryan, Tom Brands retire. And so the Big Ten like kind of starts uh, tailing off a little bit too. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So let's look at these these schools. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. That's the other thing is it's the uh, you have to you have to continually improve just to keep up with the other teams that are continuing to improve. Yeah. So the ACC right now you have um, uh, UNC, NC State, um, Pittsburgh. Duke, Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, and who did I miss in there? That's it. Those are the wrestling teams, right? Yes, there's six schools. You also have Georgia Tech, which should have a program, but it's the same deal. I mean, they're uh, they're the majority male students, so Title IX is less of a concern in starting a program. There's tons of talent in Georgia. They have plenty of money, but it's not on their uh, it's not on their list of priorities. Uh, you have Miami, Florida. Uh, there's just all sorts of talent in, in Southern Florida for all sports, but plenty of uh, wrestling talent as well. Uh, I don't see them starting a program. Uh, Wake Forest, they're a basketball school. Syracuse had a, a story program when they were in the EIWA, had some national champs. Um, not a priority for them. Same with Notre Dame. Um, uh, Louisville would be nice for Kentucky to get the first D1 program. Uh, they're a basketball school. Don't see it. Florida State, they're a football school. Clemson, likewise, and Boston College had yeah. a program. Uh, this will never happen. No. but that And that's why it's like, yeah, like if you assume all these things that have – Right. I mean, the, the chance of any one of those uh, universities adding a wrestling team is unfortunately just vanishingly small. Just the nature of, of NCAA D1 athletics. What would be interesting, though, is if there's a big shakeup. I thought COVID had the possibility. Remember when COVID was first like shutting things down, there was no basketball tournament. Will we have a football season? It was like, all right, NCAAs just tear it up and start over from scratch. I thought there was an opportunity for a big shakeup where it's like, okay, they're no longer – people can't count or the, the admins can't count on D1 as being a moneymaker – so don't count on football or basketball revenue coming in. Well, now you need to go back to – or you need to go you go to the strategy that D2 and D3 often employ, which is let's get tuition dollars, let's get our enrollment up, let's get as many reasons to get people to uh, apply and, and uh, attend as possible, and that's what uh, your sports teams would be used for again, and then you would be looking to add teams again. Um, the NIL and the, the rest of the um, – you know, uh, pay-for-play debates and all that stuff, that has a chance to shake up the NCAA. But if the NCAA is on its current course and doesn't get majorly shifted, I mean, the, the, the paying players or something, something has to happen to completely rock the boat to convince admins and presidents and alumni that it's a good idea to spend $2 million a year on a wrestling program. And right now there's just no appetite for a $2 million a year expense. So that's my take is it's never happening, but um, <laughs> if it does, sure. Yeah, and I think maybe <laughs> – I think maybe um, – Hot take, wow. Tony Ramos's point was that, you know, if you take what the ACC is right now and, you know, they only have whatever six schools 
And if you could just, you know, magically. It's almost like five and a half. Not to discredit Duke, but like no scholarships. <laughs> no scholarships. Yeah, scholarships. Private school that costs, uh, yeah. I don't know, 70000 mm-hmm. a year, some insane and number. Incredibly hard to get into. <clears throat> yep. And but then it, academic standards. If you could like magically double that and then like, you know, put. And double it again. And then double it again. No. But like you put their, their success that they've been having and the trend that they're on and, you know, how concentrated their talent is. And maybe, you know, it's a good time to big up, bring up your, your by the numbers article. But, you know, for only having five and a half or, you know, six schools, they're, they're still really tough. You yeah. Know, they still have some a lot of success. It's them and the Big 12 are basically tied for the number two conference right now. And the Big 12 has twice as many schools. Yeah. Especially all the ACC schools are full uh, full members. So if you just look at the full members of the Big 12, um, I think the ACC overtakes them as far as just – and output. They, you look at what um, they've done in the past 10 years and the growth they've put in, whereas like the Big 12 mm. has almost kind of gone the opposite route since what it was in the early 2000s, say, you know, when they had Nebraska. Um, Oklahoma and was producing more. Oklahoma was producing more. Oklahoma State recently, was winning. Right. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State was winning and, and um, even, you know, not even that. OU. Yeah, not even that long ago. Yeah. Uh, in the 2010s, you had Oklahoma, you know, real competitive, putting together, um, you know, uh, team trophy hunting teams. Yeah. But if you go by school, so the last five years, we had that graph um, that I just threw together. And, and so 2020 is, uh, you know, not – we didn't have the tournament, but I counted based either on seeds or rankings. I forgot how we did it, um, which one of them they were. Uh, but close enough. So take them, you know, average these a little bit or, you know, round them. But the Big Ten over, Margin the, last, of <laughs> over the last five years, the Big Ten produces two and a half All-Americans per school per year. The ACC, one and a half All-Americans per school per year. So the Big Ten, even when you normalize for the number of schools, um, is still producing more All-Americans than the ACC. Um, but, you know. They're they're up there. They're more that's that's better numbers than the Big Twelve, EIWA, Mac, Pac twelve, and SoCon. Um, the ACC, their output per school is number two. That is pretty much undeniable. Yeah. Um do we have <clears throat> what they did this year? Um, like number of all Americans and um stuff like that. I think we can in that uh in that article, yes we do. Yeah, Here it comes. That up. Maybe hard to read. I can we can look up those numbers. All American, all Americans by points at the 2020 NCAA wrestling championships by conference. Um, the Big Ten had 43 and a half percent. Big 12 at 19.4, and the ACC with 14.3 percent of the total amount of points. So once again, the Big Twelve slightly leading the ACC there, but um, fairly yeah. close. And when you consider, obviously, the more qualifiers and teams, um, the Big Twelve has. Yeah. So in the article, you got to scroll basically to the middle where it goes to by conference. So the pie chart only has a f- has less slices in it. Uh, Tyler's trying to find any article. There's a lot in there. There we go. That's it. I know up a little bit. And it's look, that one in the chart above it. Yeah, and looking at finalists, the ACC had more finalists than the Big 12. The Big 12 had three, ACC with four. 
That's the night. Yeah, it comes up pretty good. Big 10 with 10 finalists. All-Americans, yeah. the Big 10 at 35, Big 12, 16, ACC, 12. And, of course, EIWA was out there, was without the Ivy League schools, which takes away a lot of their heavy hitters. Um, so you see the points that they scored uh, goes way down. I, I get where Tony's coming from. I'm not trying to poo-poo the idea that the ACC, um, you know, put some respect on that conference's name because they are doing, you know, big things for only having six teams. But um, it, it to catch the Big Ten, they have to do more than just, uh, you know, double the number of teams they have or have, you know, a full complement of programs for all their schools. Yeah. I will say ACC keep up the Friday night duels. Yeah. I did love those last season. It makes for, for some thrilling uh, rivalries when you have six teams and five of them extremely competitive. And you get some good stuff out of Duke, too. Yeah, there's a um, a good comment and in the Facebook chat. Aaron uh, Sweezy is talking about the Pac-12 and kind of how they're getting it and allowing more associate members. And, you know, maybe – Maybe this is a conversation that we'll have in a couple of years. We'll we'll have you know we'll see the the rise of you know the the Pac-12 and kind of their their strength, and maybe they'll begin to to challenge the ACC and and the Big Twelve with, with what is going on um, out west. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see all the conferences and all the all the Power Five <laughs> conferences and Power Five schools succeed yeah. in wrestling and have successful wrestling programs. What the Pac-12 has going for it too is uh, the things that the Power 5 conferences have, which are like their networks, the the schools themselves have really big brands. So even though USC that and UCLA huge. don't have teams themselves, they bring a lot of heft to the fact that, you know, Arizona State, Stanford, um, uh, Oregon State, are part of a major conference, the biggest conference on the West Coast, uh, which is a pretty big deal. Yes, alumni network um, and brand and, like, that equals fans, basically. That's what's huge and would be big um, for increasing wrestling. The sport and, you know, at the college level, uh, especially it's awesome when, you know, a program – Presbyterian program gets added. That's great, but like it, it wouldn't compare to a insert AC school, ACC school, or Pac-12 school adding a program just to the number of eyeballs um, and fans it would bring in to watch a dual meet, a wrestling tournament, yeah. anything. What we got to do is we got to convince these billionaires to stop trying to go into space. Shut up about space already. Stop trying That's to right. fly into space and start some wrestling Dump all programs your money in wrestling in Power Five programs. Go all right, Elon Musk and uh, Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos. That's cool. You're in space, but what if each one of you started a team in Georgia Tech, uh, UT, and USC, and then you all competed to try to win national championships there with your billions? Probably it would be tougher than going into space. You'd find. So why don't you take on a real challenge, you cowards? <laughs> A challenge. That's we need, right. We got to clip. We got to clip that segment. And uh, you billionaires, I have a real on. challenge for you. You stupid space people. <laughs> yeah, More build on. your own dank teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that uh, brings us to a close today. Nine thirty-five from deep in the heart of Texas. We're out of time today. Andrew Spencer Spay, John Kozak. 
Same time again tomorrow, 8.15 a.m. See y'all then. Thanks, Tyler.